Welcome to the Flicky Podcast, where even good films get bad reviews. I am your host, Chris, and I am joined with the star of the Flicky Podcast. He is the Lennon to my Harrison. He is the De Niro to my Pesci. And in recent years, he is the Cumberbatch to my Plemons. Oh, I'll take that. I like that last one. I don't. <laughs> he is the he is the wizard of Whitestone, and he is the bard of Bayside, and he is the king of Queens. Mr. John, how are you doing? I'm doing great, man. These intros are getting longer. Yeah, they are. But uh, we're we're just gonna but roll our with it. Views are getting uh, shorter. They're getting they're shorter. Getting, they're getting tighter. But but this one's gonna be a little long. This is gonna be kind of a double double uh, episode where we're gonna be reviewing uh, Netflix's Don't Look Up. And then we will be talking about uh, the Oscars, which will be this Sunday, yep. the 27th. Um, I guess uh, before we go into it, I just uh, would like to say I've been editing these episodes the last few days. Uh, we've been recording for a little over a month. Yeah. Um, you know, everything's once been week, timed basically. once a week. Um, can I just say something? Yeah. As I was editing... Um, you remember uh, in Shawshank Redemption when Brooks writes, Brooks was Bruce here? Yeah, yeah I kind of wanted to do that. And the reason I wanted to do that is because as I was editing, I noticed, uh, A, I hate my voice. This is how I sound yeah, like you, to other people. You get used to that. It's terrible. As an actor, I, yeah, I, I don't know how people can stand me. And B, sometimes I, it, there's no that inflection sucks. anymore. I have no personality. What happened to me? I became my father and my brother. Okay. I'm sorry if I offended little... you, Dad. But- you know, there's no emotion in my voice anymore. We can find it. We can find it. Do some uh, but what's even worse is that I W my L's sometimes, so I sound like Elmer Fudd. What's an example of that? Uh, that? Instead of saying leaves, if I'm just talking, uh, I I noticed like I said weaves. Like really? Yeah. Is that from your Florida upbringing? You think? I don't know where it came from. I I just all I know is I want to stick my head in the oven when I heard that. Yeah. Well, I I noticed that with my New York accent. I mean, there's Especially some I there's certain mad. words that sound very New York. Yeah. Um, but I have like a New York Queens no. accent, especially when I get like passionate. Yeah. I start getting real New York, and I don't love that about me. No, I guess I just cause when I speak it, when I speak like just you know I guess I just have like a weird thing with L's, and now I'm self conscious about it. Well, now now I'm gonna be conscious about it. I'm gonna I'm gonna I won't I won't pick on you about it but i want to listen for it because that's the other thing i noticed be very very quiet yeah <laughs> i'm hunting wabbits uh so yeah that's what's been going on um uh, i thought since you are the star of the podcast uh what would you like to talk about first would you like to talk about the movie or would you like to talk about the oscars let's go into the movie all right because the oscar predictions i haven't watched all of them yet mm-hmm. so uh, a lot of that out of spite for various <laughs> reasons so that's it. I have a feeling that's going to be more a uh, question and answer situation or interviewer interviewees situation where I'm going to I'm going to pick your brain about what you think. I, I've seen, I think, every uh, single movie except for Coda. OK. Yeah. All right. So it'll be a lot to talk about. But let's yeah. start with the film. All let's right. With Don't look up one of the uh, Oscar hopefuls. Um, yeah, it's going to lose everything it's nominated for. So, yeah, I, I don't even know. Sh- it shouldn't have been nominated. No, no, be honest. no, no. No, uh, we, we could start. To, I mean, we could. I think we should start because I was thinking about this. I think yeah. we should start with 
what is good about the film. Because I'll say this, it's not, I went in with a negative mindset and I cleared myself of it when it started because I, the opening scene, I, and like there was nothing wrong with the opening scene and I saw Jennifer Lawrence's face and I'm like, this is bullshit. And I'm like, <laughs> why did, why are you saying that about this film? There's nothing, nothing wrong yet. So no. I, so I realized I was coming into the film. Other than her singing, uh, rapping to Wu-Tang. Yeah, which, you know, it's, oh my God. Yeah. Like, you know, but, yeah. which is, uh, that's whatever. <laughs> that, that was probably, that was my, that, that was where I, the, this is bullshit came in. Yeah. But ultimately I was like, dude, don't be, a, stop being a grouch. Stop being a pretentious douche. Mm-hmm. Try to enjoy the film. Mm-hmm. Maybe people are wrong about it. Mm-hmm. Maybe you'll like it. And it's not a terrible film. It actually, by an, about an hour 20, it was around there, was basically the point at which, spoilers, uh, Mark Rylance, the weird uh, Steve Jobsian, Mark oh, I, I'm going to talk CEO, about that at some point. I am too. We'll talk about that together. He bothered me. Yes, bothered <laughs> me too. Um, when they decide that they're going to... Go, they're going to uh, not destroy the comet. They're going to mine it. They're going to blow it up into 30 pieces yeah, so they which, can take the minerals and out. And that I like, but it's after that that the filmmakers go off the rails, right? So, And by filmmakers, you mean Adam McKay. Adam McKay. Because this is his, and this is his rodeo. I co-wrote it with him, which I didn't know when I looked it up. David Sorota, who's a who I like as mm-hmm. a journalist. Um. I think he's one of the. Uh, I think he's actually pretty honest from the work I've read of his, which mm-hmm. is rare these days in journalism. Um, yeah, but uh, but now I'm, I'm already veering negative. So what yeah. what do we like about the film? So let me go off what comes to my head. Sure. For the most part, the acting all around, I like. Yes. Uh, there are a couple people I don't, uh-huh. but I think Leo does a great job. Yeah. I think Jennifer Lawrence does a great job. I think the character Leo's character actually has a great arc. I think they flub it a bit a little in bit. the second half of the film, but for the most part... A little part, forced. It's a little forced, but he's got an arc that I like and that I followed, yes. and that to me was the the thread that I that he's, me he's kind of the, the only He's really the only character that changes in this movie, at least somewhat. Everyone is yeah. kind of an absolute except for him. Yes, he's sort of... Yes, everybody else is sort of a rock around, yeah. and he's the water that splashes and changes depending on the situation. Yeah. And and it works. Like, what works, too, is, you know, people like to make these comments when, like, a movie star plays a scientist, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, he's, like, this hot, hunky scientist. And yeah. with Leo, first off, they ugly him up a bit, but they actually play into that yeah, it by works. pointing out they make it work. It works like, because they kind of make him look like a regular guy. But like you could tell, yep. like oh, like people recognize, oh, yep. this guy is actually really good looking. He actually, he has good facial so, structure. Yeah, like he sort of <laughs> looks like a movie star if yeah. he if you do him up in the right way. An astronomer, I like the fuck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, they really play into that, and yeah. it really that really works. I was like, oh, that's that's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that. Again, it's well I shot. Like, uh, it's well shot. It's well shot. Um, it's well edited, I think, too. Yeah. It it's it actually... I actually didn't think it was... And maybe this is crazy to say. You might disagree. It was so heavy-handed. I just think they were trying to satirize too many things. But I think ultimately... it. You know, I knew in my head that this is about 
this, this is a certain commentary on climate change, maybe mm-hmm. among other things, even yes. if they don't admit it. But let's take climate change for a minute. It wasn't so heavy. Like I knew in my head, oh, they're alle- this is an allegory for climate change, but it wasn't so obvious that no, um, that it did work to an extent for a while. Yeah. Um, so like what you were saying, uh, there's a saying in the South, uh, uh, it's a hat on a hat. Yeah. Or gi- gilding, gilding the lily. This is a hat on a hat. Yeah. You, whereas one hat, you look great. So if you're going to satirize one thing, okay, that's great. If you wear a hat on top of that hat, now you look ridiculous. And that's great. That's a great analogy. There's, like you're it's making, satirizing you're to too water, much. Yeah, you're trying to make water wet. It's too much going water. on. Yeah. That's the problem with this movie. And actually, there's almost a fucking plot hole in the film because it satirizes too much. It doesn't know if it wants to be Doctor Strangelove or Network. Right. Because it's both. Yeah. So it's like, it's like uh, the New York Jets. If you have two quarterbacks, you have none. Right. Yeah, that's exactly. that's that's don't yeah, look up you can't add the quarterbacks together and make one great like when i texted you yesterday there ger- there's germs of a very good movie in this and, I, and i agree with that uh and it just falters because it uh tries to serve too many masters yeah so well, let's get into the specifics of this let's yeah. so let's start talking about what uh we don't like which is what we're here to do <laughs> yeah. um well let's talk about the actors i like you know who I hate in this film? I hope you. I hope you don't say it because I. If we disagree, I'll be upset. Go. Uh, Jonah Hill. Okay. No. So this is my issue with Jonah Hill. I don't Hill. care about that. His character is pointless. He doesn't make sense really in what he does. He's he does still, have funny lines though. But it, yes, I. Funny, I get what you're saying. Here's the thing, and this is what Jonah Hill does nowadays. Yeah. And he's done it it's in him. basically every comedy now for like the last six years, maybe longer. Is mm-hmm. like he's so aware that he's in a comedy. Yeah. That he's playing up the fact like. Like I'm, like you said, putting a hat on a hat. He's yeah. gilding the lily with every line. Like he's just giving it that oomph where yeah. he just wants to let everybody know he's being funny. Exactly. Like yeah. the audience know, which is horrible. It's hack acting. So yeah. like, and he's he can be hilarious. Like he's great and super bad. Like he's got great comedic timing. The guy, uh, and he just he's like in a different movie than everybody else you know who would have been good for this this role Judd Apatow improving your way through a scene bro you know who have been good in this remember I forget his name uh remember in the office like uh the he he wasn't exactly the manager but he was the tall guy he was dating Ellie Kemper before she started dating oh yes the tall guy from uh the guy oh my god from Silicon Valley yeah oh he would have been great he would have been he would have been perfect casting for this but that's a completely different angle though it's a different character now so that's not the character they wanted I know. So his character didn't make sense. That's a character sense. that fits, though. Yes, he fits perfectly, actually. So <clears throat> there, right there, I think would have been a way to make the film better. Yeah. That, I don't, it just felt like we're putting Jonah Hill in it because he's Jonah Hill and everyone loves Jonah Hill. We're, we're putting stars in this movie. Yeah. This is but this is a huge movie. He's the chief of staff. And the son. And the son, which that is fine. But uh, he's, he's a, a commentary on Javanka. That's what he is. Right. Uh, yes, uh, that was uh, that wasn't so obvious, but yes, yeah. I get that. But he's the chief of staff giving speeches yeah. at rallies and being a <laughs> social media influencer. I'm like, yeah. do do we ever know who the chief of staff is? Do they no. ever speak? We never know. No, like make him when we we know when there's a problem. Yeah, that's it. Make him like the press secretary or something. It just didn't make any. His character didn't make any sense. Uh, so I didn't love him. He was just there to show that uh, the president is uh, into nepotism. Yeah, sure. that's really it. But like, 
you only needed him for that first scene then like no he's yeah, a major part of the part of her campaign <laughs> yeah. every step of the way and yeah. it's like we get it dude it, it's old yeah uh so i didn't like him frankly he was a shitty veep character yeah well this movie there's a lot of shitty veepness going on yeah going on here, I, I agree with i you. think is where they went awry they yeah. they, they went there it's route. unfocused movie unfocused yes you know who else i didn't love in this who meryl street okay thank god I thought you were going because you know who I do, you know who I loved before you went. I loved Kate Blanchett. In this oh, Kate Blanchett's <laughs> fucking pitch. Perfect, so we'll go, dude. we'll go into what? Yeah, perfect. So why did you hate Meryl Streep? Because at least we agree on Kate Blanchett. I think she's first off, she's kind of doing what Jonah Hill's doing. Yeah, she's sort of doing this thing where I'm in a comedy and I'm being funny. I'm going to let everyone. This is not her wheelhouse. Yeah, well, at all. I just think she just didn't read the room like mm-hmm. i think she was like this is over the top she should satire. have been the she should have been the straight man yeah in a way well like she should have she was a little too blasé she was a little too in on the joke yeah and i it made me not it made <clears throat> for to me and part of this probably maybe the writing too made to me like an unfocused character we're like i don't know who you are i don't know how i'm supposed to feel about you um, well we're supposed to hate her well okay but i don't really hate her i just kind of i don't give a shit i mean but she's not interesting to me she's almost she's just a placeholder for a shitty president like you're a shitty president placeholder but well we know who specific. she's really placeholding yeah well to be fair though and this and i uh, this was clearly to me very intentional on the on their parts where they made her a woman mm-hmm. so there's not any obvious yeah. connections but obviously yes with you know and she's she's making the supreme court justice who's never been to law <laughs> school <which laughs> well it was really stupid well it was sheriff Jer- sheriff joe yeah but yeah. like he's putting him up for supreme court justice i mean no no it's it's over the top that's stupid because it's uh, and here's another problem with the film it doesn't know whether it wants to be a straight comedy or an over-the-top farce a good set... that's an over-the-top farce that's yeah a good satire seems plausible. Yes. But the thing is, it's like they're mixing... Like, Woody Allen has his movie... You ever see Bananas? No. So, Bananas is like one of his early films where okay. he... It's a farce. Complete farce. He, okay. he goes and becomes the dictator of a banana republic. <laughs> it's basically like... A, a, he's like a Castro. Okay. Right? And he's a New York... Jew from New York. Yeah. Okay? That's its own brand of comedy. Yeah. Then there's Annie Hall, right? Yeah. You can't mix the two. No. You can't have an Annie Hall world no. and then make over-the-top farce, and then at the end of Annie Hall, he becomes the dictator of, of a modern-day Cu- or a new Cuba, Cuba yeah. right? So this when they have things like your son is the chief of staff giving stunt speeches and he's a social media influencer at the same time, and also you're putting up a random hick who never went to law school as supreme court justice like you're in complete farce territory yeah and but it's also interesting so they do that and then when they're talking to the um the astronomers they're like oh you're from michigan state yeah they like totally like well yeah because well it shows that all these people who say they're populists and like they're against the elites if someone says something and they're not from a fucking ivy league school they're gonna poo poo that real quick 100 percent. so like that I, I liked, but, like, it's just – I agree with you, like, on a, a lot of this kind of stuff. it The movie is over the top with a lot of stuff. Yeah. With everything, I think, actually. And 
and yes but again first hour hour 20 i'm like oh this is even an hour 20 in it had a chance to keep going strong in the second half and make for a good film Mm -hmm. but it's almost like they ran out of ideas in a way or they well like let's talk about putting the hat on the hat it was about them acting on making uh, a move on the comet yeah. and, and get in the scientists, scientific community coming and convincing them to do that. Yes. They do so. And they even say, well, the only fucking reason she's doing it now is because the polls came in. Which Correct. is funny. That works. Yeah. And then uh, Mark Rylance, Mike Zucker, you know, Mark Rylance, the weirdo, weird yeah. recluse, um, who... Let's talk about him for a second. Let's go off on the tangent. <laughs> he he was like Hannibal Lecter. Like at some point, I was trying to see if he blinked. Well, dude, he was scary. Also, what the fuck was with the fake teeth? Man? I don't know. I think it, it was, was meant so to be an uns. I think it was meant to be an unsettling character. That's fine, but the uh, yes, and he's he's weird, and he's sort of like he is sociopathic. sociopathic. He is, and uh, Rylance does a good job, although he's just kind of doing his Rylance thing, and he's. I mean, Mark Rylance is. A, absolutely brilliant actor as is Meryl Streep but the fake teeth just <laughs> I guess you're supposed to they're supposed to be fake teeth though but it's yeah. just you could hear him like sucking on the teeth as he's <laughs> acting like it was like too much for him you're a field mouse <laughs> yeah um so up until that and then he go and then they decide um uh we're gonna put drones on that and build the minerals and then it becomes about and then it goes into the sat, the satire about having the commercials about oh this comet's going to create so many jobs yeah. okay that works uh-huh. but then now we're going to go into the campaign rallies yeah. where the president is doing her populist thing and you know she's don't believe catering, what you've seen here yeah and she's catering to the you know Red, the red rednecks, line, middle America. That's which, what Jonah Hill calls them. Yeah, which was big, and like that to me was now you're starting to club the head over the hat yeah. with it, and like you're having the don't look up hats, and they're supposed to be like MAGA hats, and I'm, yeah. But then now all of a sudden it's like they're like, oh, the don't look up, the comet's not real. Yeah. But you, oh, and this is where the plot hole comes into me, in my opinion. You've already established mm-hmm. you. Meryl Streep, your campaign and your side of the aisle already established there is a comet. Yeah. You've already established it is dangerous. Mm-hmm. It is coming towards Earth. What we're doing now is we're going to make it harmless by blowing it up and yeah. harvesting the minerals so we enrich the planet. Yeah. For making computers, phones, all the rest of it. Mm-hmm. So the whole, oh, they lied to us that the comet's real. Yeah. And now it turns to, oh, we don't even believe in the comet anymore. Yeah. But you yourselves tell your constituents and your voters. Yeah, they that had you... they were on the enterprise. Yeah. So that didn't <laughs> With make With Ron Perlman. Yeah. <laughs> that didn't make any sense. That made no sense. Yeah, it was a ham fisted way of how certain politicians in these days just uh are very loose with the truth, and that's that's yeah, really I all mean, it is. All politicians but are. But... No, you know what I mean, though. Yeah, the, but, and but the thing but is, saying, they didn't do a good job. That's what I'm saying. Just it's, on a film level, on a writing level, yeah. I'm like, you can't have it both ways. You can't talk about how the comet's going to create all these jobs, which is its own satire and commentary. Yeah, uh, so, social political commentary, which is good. I think that works. 
Um, whether you agree with it or not, who cares? I think it's funny. And now we have this separate commentary where it's like, oh, the comet's not even real. It's not coming. It's yeah. like, well, those contradict each other. Mm-hmm. And you're having the same people uh, on those both those sides. And that's not possible. Okay. So here's what I'm going to say. Uh, just like every other movie that we've uh, criticized... This movie doesn't know what it really wants to be. No, it just like make, every make other movie choice. we have talked yeah. about, it. This movie uh, goes. It satirizes social media. It satirizes the malaise in uh, in regard to climate change. It satirizes uh, our governments. It satirizes our elected officials. It satirizes uh, big business. Big, yeah, big <laughs> satirizes business, big tech. Big tech. It satirizes too much yeah too much there's too much going on you need to have the hub like the anchor of the story and everything revolves around that this movie becomes four different things right and in the middle of Leonardo DiCaprio's personal journey yeah well let's but they <laughs> it's too that much up. they fucked that up too because they're doing too much because they have oh and it's a comment journey. on the media itself yeah too, sure you know Leo's having his own personal journey. So, like, yeah. basically, Dr. Mindy gets corrupted in a, in a sense, right? Yes. Which seems like it – and maybe this is just coincidence, but I read this too, and it seems like it could be a commentary on Fauci or, or at least our public our, – our scientific public officials. Um, but whatever. That's neither here nor there. We don't have to get into that. Uh, but in terms of his arc, it's like he gets corrupted, and then they decided – well, we want to bring him back. We want to have him basically have a have a fall and a rise again. Well, we want to make we want to make uh, Rylance's character wrong when he tells him you're going to die alone. Right. Well, well, we find that out later. Yeah. But the th- the problem is, is to me, it becomes unearned. They force it. They force the arc. The arc's going well naturally. Yeah. yeah. It basically culminates in his wife catching him fucking, which. Is just a worse version of Beatrice Strait's scene in Network. Yes. It's very similar, other than, you know, the other woman isn't there in Network. But, like, they're very similar. I don't know if it's worse. It's just, it's sort of, it's just the same thing. McKay was watching that movie a lot when he was writing this movie and directing this movie. Because there are a lot of things that are very similar. very Network-esque. Yeah. And he has his... And well, to your point, and this is straight out of network. He had so he's well, DiCaprio goes all Howard Beale. That's so okay. Yeah. So I'm getting to that. So he has that whole arc. His wife, he's basically his wife left him, or he left her. It's kind of unclear actually. Um, then he talks to uh, Mark Rylance's character, and basically off screen because they, he talks about it a little bit with Oglethorpe and Jennifer Lawrence's character. Yeah, but basically. Off screen is like, yeah, we've talked. I've talked to all these scientists who are all very worried about your non-peer reviewed studies yeah. showing it's going to work, mm-hmm. uh, which we should have gotten more of. But you, you guys spent all this time doing fucking campaign rallies yeah. in the movie, so the audience doesn't see any of that. And Rylance is like, basically dresses him down and and, and oh, yeah. insults him and says, "You're going to die alone," yeah. and that is apparently the trigger for why Leo goes Howard Beale in the next scene or a scene or two later. Yeah. 
that to me was completely unjustified. So now it's like, okay, we had that scene. Now we need Leo to be a good guy again. Mm -hmm. So he's going to flip out on screen, turn his back on the media, and he's going to go back to the grassroots campaign where they're trying to save the comedy. He's going to go back to all the scientists. Yeah. And that shit just felt Go back to Michigan. Yeah. That shit, and go back and his wife, but that shit to me felt so forced. Yeah. So I mean, I can't really add more than that. And the answer is just yes. Yeah. And even and then they're campaigning. They have the songs and with Rena with Ariana Grande, which is kind of funny. But I'm I'm kind of like just shit. Even that. Okay. The, another thing we're satirizing. We're satirizing celebrity culture. Right. Movie go. is too much. Too much. It's a hat on a hat on a hat on a hat. Yeah. Uh. And a lot of this shit comes up in the second half of the film. This is where the second half really drops the ball. This is where the movie drops the ball. Yeah, in that second half. it falls apart. Because um, the center doesn't hold. You know, yeah. And again, it doesn't even seem to know what genre it wants to be. Do Mm-mm. you want to be a straight comedy or a fucking farce? Mm-hmm. Because And they're writing that line even early on where they're telling them, like, listen, the comet's going to hit. And the president's like... Pfft, Okay, we'll figure it out. Like yeah. any, even, even Donald Trump, <laughs> a guy like that. If you said, if if you had three scientists be like, "Yo, there's a comic gonna hit," he would at least have some moment of uh, sobriety where he's like, "Okay, what can we do about it?" Not like yeah, we're privately ignore this completely. But yeah. they're in a private meeting. Yeah, that's what I mean. They're yeah. in a fucking private meeting. Well, yeah, exactly. So yeah, yeah that was almost frustrating. But then they they. So it's like that approaches farce, and then they pull back, mm-hmm. and they accept that it's real. Okay. Yeah. But then in the second half of the film, that's when they go too much with the farce, and it doesn't make sense anymore. Did you did you notice uh, the portraits that were hanging in the Oval Office? I didn't, actually. It's Andrew Jackson. Oh, I did notice Andrew Jackson. Correct. <laughs> Richard Nixon is right behind the desk. Oh, really? The Resolute Desk. <laughs> and then you have Woodrow Wilson. This movie is... <laughs> not subtle about yeah, what it yeah. thinks about certain types of people right like and then you have uh, a lot of civil war scenes like if you look around there's a lot of it's like I, it, it was interesting to see that i was like really looking like oh okay yeah i see okay. what you're doing here we get it <laughs> oh yeah we get it. no one has richard nixon in the right. oval office <laughs> even if they like him they're not Peach. doing it I was waiting yeah i was waiting for like on the far like left hand corner to see ronald reagan yeah. you know well, Ronald Reagan would make perfect sense. He's still a hero I get him, that, you know, but, but he's, he's also hated by a lot of people, you know. No, that, of I, course. But what I mean is, like, that's not controversial if you're a Republican. No, no. He Ronald Reagan. No, they chose three uh, pretty not great people. Yeah. And, I mean, uh, <laughs> that could be – but like that I thought it was also, funny, but, like, it was yeah. just – But they could it, also it be just, a commentary on the president herself as a character. Of you course. Know what I mean? But it just it's, – it's, like we said, it's just not a subtle movie. Yeah. You know, it, one it gets, would be enough. It gets increasingly one. unsubtle. Like, even their campaign rounds, like, they don't respect you, they yeah. don't blah, blah. And then yeah. he's like, oh, these fucking rednecks. And, like, yeah. Jonah Hill at the end, which <laughs> it almost felt like he was improvising, but I don't know if he was. Which, But Adam McKay, I know in the Anchorman films and the comedies, he lets them improvise a lot. But oh, they like, had there had to be a bunch. Supposedly, Timothy Chalamet uh, uh, ad-libbed a lot in this oh, movie. Oh, okay. So, you can I can tell when Jonah Hill's ad-libbing. Because he's he's not he has the cadence. Yes, he's got that improv cadence. Yeah, where he's like giving that prayer, where he's like, "Let's pray to nice shit, like watches." And do you remember that scene at the end before they're about to do the mission? Yeah, I mean, it's dumb. 
It's not funny. <laughs> and I'm like, why are you letting this kid off the rails? He's really improvising this. And that's not even the character. So the character is that he's this vain, uh, basically social media obsessed, materialistically obsessed human being. He's yeah. a fucking fat chief of staff. <laughs> that should be another character. <laughs> He should have been like her social media influencer or something. It doesn't make any sense. It, it, yeah, or just uh, rewrite the character. Or write him out. Or write him out. Either way. Yeah. Anyway, it works either way. But frankly, the president wasn't a strong <laughs> enough character to stand on her own, in my opinion. No, no. It, it just felt this movie. This movie's really about DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, um, the guy who plays Oglethorpe, I would say. Uh, and yeah, then even Oglethorpe kind of drops out the second yeah, half he does. of the film. No, no, he does. He drops out. Um, I'm just. And I liked him. He was a he was a good character. Yeah. Um, but it's just, it, and then everyone else is just uh, you know famous people playing parts. Yeah, that's what this movie is. You know, there's a lot other than I. Kate Blanchett's yeah. supporting role is really good. I think she's great. I actually think her and Tyler Perry do a great job. Together. When I first watched that, I didn't know it was her. Oh, didn't really? look, to me, it didn't look like her. Uh, I knew it was her. I had to I like. Really, I yeah. really had to look at her. I'm like, oh, that's Kate Blanchett. Like, right. like uh, you haven't seen Nightmare Alley, right? No, I haven't seen it. When you watch Nightmare Alley, it's very obvious it's Kate Blanchett. You're like, oh, okay, right. yeah, looks yeah. like her. When I'm watching this, I was like, who, who's the like? They're obviously making a comment on like you know cable news, uh, talking head people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm watching it, I'm like, who the fuck is this woman? And then, you know, it took me a while, and I'm like, oh, that's Kate Bunch. It doesn't look like her. They definitely did something to her. Oh, yeah, no, they put... You know, that's good stuff. makeup. It's not Nicole Kidman makeup. No, no. no they did a good job with uh, Kate Blanchett. Correct. And she's great in it. She she's is wonderful. She's perfect in that part. She's a, she's a wonderful actress. Yeah, and those... Uh, for the most part, those scenes with her and Perry and... Uh, Even he's Leo, good. I think, I think he, he did was a great. great job. And I thought the chemistry between him and Blanchett, <laughs> the banter, was so it was so spot on. It was a better Michael Strahan and Kelly Ripa. News. Yeah. It was like the morning news yeah. show that, that you know, that, again, blasé, uh, what a vapid news well, speak. Yeah, and, when, like, when they, they don't t- actually have conviction or care about anything. Like, that all worked. So <laughs> that whole thing being like a comet's going to hit. He's like, oh, can it hit my well, wife's house, my ex-wife's house? Yeah. Like, that kind of shit works in a scene like that. They like science stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that definitely seems like something some PA would say. Oh, 100%. Oh, yeah. They like the science stuff. Yeah, they stuff. love science stuff. Yeah, just, just don't go too far into the weeds because then people don't understand it. Right. Like, yeah, I get it. I get it. I, I, thought, it was, I thought that was done well. I wish we had more of it, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, it just felt like this. they didn't – frankly, they – they were on a path and they didn't trust it and they didn't really know where they were going with the second half of that film. Yeah. Or they just wanted to go to too many places. Either uh, either way. It's yeah, like I said, it serves too many masters. Someone needed to like get in on this and be like, we need to streamline what we're talking about here. Yeah. Like those campaign rallies for the most part, I don't know why they exist in those scenes. Why are we uh, why do we need them? Why are we having campaign rallies at all? really yeah. about like, it oh it's a voting year it's uh, the midterm okay it's yeah i mean are they trying like i'm sorry like it, it's just too obvious that it's about trump because trump's the only person that campaigns all the fucking time right like no one else does any of that shit so it's like it's just jarring to see it in a movie because like it's it no one else really does it so when i'm watching it 
I know who you're talking about. Yeah. And like, sometimes that's good. Like sometimes like, I don't mind if I know what you're talking about, but this is done. So I, I don't even, I don't think, uh, we would be having campaign rallies when an asteroid's about to yes. kill us or comet. Excuse I, me. Yeah. And I also don't think, you know, I just don't think that's a happening. Trumpian fig- figure would ignore a comet hurling towards earth. when <laughs> Every scientist in the world says there's a comet. And again, no. <laughs> that criticism wouldn't be valid if this was an over the top farce. Yeah. In which case, okay, we can buy into that. No one believes that there's a comet coming. Mm-hmm. But that's not what this movie is. You no. have them point blank yeah. admitting there's a comet. Yeah, they have they have Ron Perlman go up. Yeah. You know? So but like Say a little prayer for all the white guys out there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I like crazy. I like a shout out for the gays. For the gays. <laughs> and they just cut some they cut yeah, them they off. They cut them off. I like that scene. <laughs> So that's like right in that line, right? Of like yeah. straight comedy farce. They're right in that line. They're doing it well. It was fun. That was funny. Yeah. And even when he turns around and they decide, yeah. oh, we're going to you know, blow it up, all that stuff. But the thing is, you can't later on make the campaigns about the fact that you have the comet. Yeah. You don't have, I, the, there's no comet. I agree with you. Then it's yeah. like, just look up. Don't look up. Just look up. Don't look up. Well, that was just, honestly, I felt like it was all just a, uh, just a, sh- because it's so it was so clear that they kept talking about social media sites with those scenes. Yeah, so now we got to make a viral uh, commentary. Exactly, because it was constant, campaigns. all of it. And then if you notice the don't the don't uh, look up, people are all you know straight white guys. Yeah, if, of course. And if you noticed, uh, you know, just straight the, white guys the are just evil look, now. The just look they're up evil. people are everyone else. Yeah. Well, they're white people and they're white guys, but like. It's a potpourri of yeah, exactly. Another collection it's, it's, of people, uh, yeah. And I'm just, I, you know, it was just meant. I f- I feel like all of that was just meant to uh, try and criticize social media, but like there are better ways of criticizing social media. Yeah, but also, again, it was a shoehorn. It, yeah, exactly. Media yeah, because. They're just viral all of a sudden. The criticizing of social media worked better when they were going over how many media hits happened when the two doctors were on the show. That was good. That really worked. That worked. And then Leo getting his media training and then – And Jennifer Lawrence becoming a meme. Yes. That all worked. That all worked. Yeah. And then slowly – you know, he gets better looking. Slowly she gets more unhinged. Yeah. Uh, or perceived to be unhinged, that was all working fine. Yep. But then at the very end, they just jam in this viral media campaign where Mindy curses Howard Beals, everybody on the air, yeah. leaves, they they make Which, in, their own If you take that scene in a vacuum, it's really well done. Yes, it is. He's great in it. He's great She's in it. She's great in it. Tyler Perry's great in it. They're all yeah. really good in that scene. In a vacuum, it's a great scene. In a vacuum, it's an excellent scene. But in terms of what comes before it, yeah. it's not earned. Yeah. It doesn't... It, it doesn't. Him getting back with his wife you. at the end is not earned. At all. I, we didn't even talk She about just that. says, yeah, well, in college, you know, I fucked John, I fucked Chris. Well, right. hey, now, well, we're, oh, okay. I guess we're yeah, even... Yeah, you. Okay, so we can all die together. Let's all have dinner and die yeah. together. Yeah, yeah. You know. You're, you're wrong, Isherwell. So, and that's... Again, in terms of this character arc... It's the filmmakers wanting to have their cake and eat it too. Yeah. We want Leo to have an arc where he, you know, gets uh, tempted by 
the media sensationalism and the celebrity of being a celebrity scientist and mm-hmm. starts fucking the cable news host who's obsessed with him and he's yep. in this, you know, basically uh, New York socialite elite world yeah. or Hollywood and all that stuff. But also we want to redeem him and he comes back to his senses and he gets to reconcile with his wife. But we have to do it in about 20 minutes of screen time yeah because we also have to show the campaigns and all the rest of the scenes yeah and it doesn't work no so you gotta you gotta pick a lane yeah i agree you know the way the arc went like he kind of probably should have died alone you know what i mean yeah i mean Uh, or without or without his family a cleaner film Yeah, yeah yeah with someone else yes you know with with the scientists and but like we want they wanted to have a wholesome nice ending where they all die together and basically they're and again that scene kind of works in a vacuum where they're just ign- basically ignoring trying to ignore the fact that they're about to die yeah uh but in terms of what comes before it it doesn't work why why is timothy chalamet in this movie i don't know i actually thought he was good in it he's I, good I in it funny. but he, he's kind of like jonah hill the character's not really needed no it's pointless his character is his character there to bring a religious I, aspect yes, to the scientist, knowing to, to the scientists uh, prior to their death. Yes, that that's what I. That's what it seems to that, be, and also to give Jennifer Lawrence's character uh, a love connection before the film ends. Yeah, like it's almost like to give her a nice ending. To these her are life. Pe- these are pe- men and women of science. Uh, they're. Uh, probably atheists. Let's like right. even like they kind of they never say it out loud, but they are. Yeah, but and also the, but the, it, there's an interesting part where the kid admits to being a believer, and he's like, "Don't tell people." Yeah, he's part of he's part of this. I'm a, I'm a born again, but I hate my parents. Yeah, but like even like yeah. he's part of this hipster liberal culture essentially. Oh, that wig! His wig is magnificent. Yeah, the wig mullet. The wig right? is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, he's part of this that whole generation culture yeah uh side of the aisle whatever you want to call it where being religious is actually like people look down on you for that and that's yeah. kind of its own innate commentary and i'm like oh that's interesting yeah so i didn't hate that he was in it i actually thought no i don't hurt. hate that he is i didn't I, yeah. and i think it does work in a way where uh you know when you know rubber meets the road even you know people who are atheist or agnostic or anything like that you know, when the time comes and they are probably and they know they're about to die, they hope there's something there's beyond, something sure. beyond this world. And I think yeah. that's kind of what the movie is trying to say a little bit with that. Uh, but as a whole, I don't know. His character comes in super late, super late, and super aggressive, super late. It's he just fucking pops in. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence and is working. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And she's working, you know, like I, I'm looking at Jennifer Lawrence. I'm like, I know that life, you know, just fucking at the checkout counter, hating your life yeah, way yeah. too good for this job. Uh, I felt that there was there was some empathy going on for that. And then, like, you know, all of a sudden, like, we just went to that to drinking at a fire pit to making yeah. out on a. I thought that was the least of the issues, though. Actually, I, I like that scene because to me, those successive events made sense. 
where I'm like, oh, oh and she got kicked out of the house. And she, got she was she wasn't allowed to come back home, right? Because she was against the job creating yeah, comment. Yeah. <laughs> the, you know the job creating comment that doesn't exist a few scenes later yeah. that they refuse to acknowledge. Yeah. So that's a plot hole. Yeah. It's as whole. It's as big as the. What was the name of the asteroid that killed the dinosaurs? Chichilayan, they said. Chichilayan. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I remember that, that canyon size. Yeah, yeah, Mount Everest size thing. <laughs> I'll say one thing, though. I'm glad that the movie ended the way it did. I felt like it had to end the way it did. But I'm glad they did it. Because there's so many times where Hollywood movies uh, don't do the ballsy thing. And this movie ends with the Earth fucking being destroyed. Everyone dies. And I'm like, uh, when I was watching it, I was like, they fucking did it. Wow. Awesome. (laughs) <laughs> and I know I'm not supposed you know you're not supposed to think that but I was just thinking of it as like a person who has viewed movies for such a long time all kinds of movies that are just like this and the, and this one against the grain and it makes for a powerful ending and it would have been a way more powerful ending if the movie was better yeah it would have worked better it would have worked cuz instead of me thinking oh they actually did it I would I would have left thinking holy shit wow I just went through an experience and we didn't get that. No, we didn't no, get that. No. We weren't. Movie. We weren't on the journey with them, basically. No. So that ending wasn't a payoff. No. And it made me. And even then, the whole, uh, the next scene, the cut scene where oh, I, that, that, I hated that scene. Years later, I fucking hated that scene. That scene was dumb. It didn't need to be done. And. Oh yeah, that's a Bronze Rock that killed her. Yeah. Which. He's got algorithms that, again, that's farce territory. He's got algorithms that predicts John, I gets killed it. by Brontorov. Honestly, it ruins the original ending. Yeah. You know what ending I did like, even though I hated him in it, was Jonah Hill coming out of the rubble. Do you see that? Is that a post-credits? Oh, yeah, it's a post-credits scene. No, I fucking stopped watching it after. So after... it's so funny because I'm on, I literally had the thought, if I had ever seen this in the theater, I never would have gotten to this scene. But there was so much time on this. Netflix. Okay, you're like, something has to be in there. Yeah, so basically okay. the, it's rubble all destroyed in uh-huh. D.C. where he was, where his mom left him, and he comes out <laughs> of the rubble, and he's like, Mom, Mom, which is dumb. Uh-huh. And then he posts on his iPhone, like, hey, y'all, uh, I'm at the apocalypse or whatever, and he's like being like a social media buffoon. Yeah. Which again, you're the cheap, you're fat chief of staff. This doesn't make it. This doesn't jive. This isn't yeah. your ca- uh, character. That makes sense. Um, and it ends like that's the last scene. But the subtext to that, as I read it or experienced it, was, oh, not everybody died. Yeah. Actually, you blew everything up, and there's a hope, which I think they're aware. The writers would be aware of this. McKay would be aware of this. There's a hope that oh, we can find human beings that are still alive mm-hmm. and maybe they can repopulate the earth and start from scratch so that kind of ending where it showed at least one person surviving to me was interesting Do you think the so? scene itself is shit it sounds like a like a twilight zone ending uh in what sense uh, isn't there i'm pretty sure there's a twilight zone episode where like there's nuclear fallout and there's only one person left in the world Oh, that could be that too. Yeah. I so think. I went through the more hopeful, hopeful route, but it could be that. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. 
That's what that's from what you just said. Yeah. I guess. But even that, that, you know, the ending. Of the, you, ever, you know, you remember the show Dinosaurs uh, in the '90s? Uh, it was like those I'm puppets. a baby. You gotta love me. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know how that show ends? <laughs> With the extinction event. Yeah. Yeah, I love that show. Yeah. I used like, to. Well, I loved it. This is the I did too. Basically, <laughs> this is the ending to dinosaurs. Family matters with dinosaurs. Yeah, that's what it was. That's what it was. Yeah, <laughs> and like the dad causes it and causes a nuclear winter. And that was also a commentary on on environmentalism. Yeah, because it wasn't called climate change at the time, but you know. Yeah. Um. So, yeah that that's that's pretty much it. I, I'm trying to think of anything else specifically that I liked or didn't like. No, it's it's the type of movie like you know we like to think of ourselves with these reviews as like snarky and we're really sh- um, we haven't really been doing that lately with these movies because they're not really egregious with no. they're bad we're trying to like this movie I would actually like rewatch the first hour I would recommend someone 20. to watch this I think it's worth watching yeah especially if you're a, a movie buff I, I would be interested to know what you think. You know what I mean? There's like a, if it, I mean, someone, like a there's of a lot of major filmmakers who love this movie. I don't see really? it. Oh yeah, that to me sounds like fucking bullshit virtue signaling because it's a if call to action it. about climate change. Probably that's why they love it. That's my. That's I mean, my I'm surprised someone like up. Guillermo del Toro likes it. Guillermo del Toro, do you know what the kind of film <laughs> he's also? Likes? He's also the nicest man in the world. He's very nice. <laughs> seems very nice, but also like he's got a questionable taste in films. Oh. Tarantino's the same way. Uh, director Bong, Tar- director Bong loved it too. Director Bong, the guy who did Parasite. Oh, they, oh, okay. they call him Director Bong, Bong Joe Park. Yeah, 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 yeah. He he fucking loved this movie. Seems like, but I'm not surprised movie. because he it did seems Parasite, like so. it's a lot of uh, preaching of the choir, and the choir liked it. Yeah, yeah, and there's people yeah. in the choir though who agree with everything they're saying in this movie. Right. But if you look at what their reviews are, they're saying the movie is like, it's what we're saying. It's yeah. all over the place. It's not focused. It needs to It needs to be streamlined. Yeah. And that's what it is. It should have been I, about I, I mean, political. I agree with almost everything said in this movie. But, like, that doesn't mean I can't say there's things wrong with it because there's issues with yeah. this movie. I don't know if I agree. I mean, I definitely don't agree with everything but uh, in the film. And I, I, I feel like it's a lot of cheap shots and i don't mean in the sense that like i'm like oh poor these people that you're taking shots at i just thought it was i'm i'm like you could do better this is oh, too, it's not this clever. Is too obvious it's not clever it's yes. not clever it's very movie. unsubtle yeah no it's not like i'm movie. all about a subtle take on these people uh, no this movie is not but like it's a hammer to the head it is as subtle as a mike tyson punched the jaw yeah and <laughs> again dude the campaigning it's like Pick a lane, bro. Pick a lane. Yeah, it, I didn't like those scenes. I like the Enterprise scene because it's hilarious. Yeah, when that, you when you watch it as a you know just by itself, so it's actually very funny. That to me, there are very funny parts in this movie. Yeah, I agree. But that to me was the heart of the, in terms of the political criticism, where basically these politicians are bought and paid for by corporate donors. Yeah, like that is interesting, and they will use anyone and anything. As a prop for patriotism, right, and you know or jingoism and all yeah. that shit, and it, it, that worked. It's just it, it's a convoluted mess. This movie, yeah, and frankly, and we've said this many times, but we I, know I have we have but to it gets convoluted 
really really the second half of the film yeah it's you, pretty clean the first hour yeah pretty clean you know what i really like though is how jennifer lawrence keeps coming back to how the the general, the general of the joint chiefs. That kind of that's like that Easter egg shit that like <laughs> yeah. that running joke in the film. I loved it because it's so I, true. I, I would that would bother me like the rest of my life. I would bring that up. I wish they <laughs> see that would have been a really great payoff if we had some sort of resolution to that. I'm not criticizing it for not having a resolution. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but yeah, that was a great running joke. Just just sitting there, the comet's coming. The world is going to end in like two weeks, and she's just thinking. You know, that guy charged us yeah. <laughs> for free Get shit. Some power trip. Like, he knew we would find out. <laughs> and you know what? He, he That guy, he's in uh, um, a documentary called That Guy in That Movie. Oh, is he really? Because he's like one of these characters. He's in Spotlight. He plays the uh, Roman Catholic Church's, uh, like, bag man. Oh, he does? Yeah, remember he goes up to uh, Robbie Robertson, uh, Michael Keaton. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And he's yeah. like, hey, Robbie, in the bar. Right. That's that guy. Right. And I'm looking at him and, and don't look up. And I'm like, this guy does look like a shitty general who would pull that off on someone. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is good casting. I love I love I love how they there's like things like that in this movie that are just funny. Yeah, that was legitimately funny. I really yeah. like that. Um Okay. Well, Anything else? No. I think we gave a lot of parting thoughts, frankly. Yeah. Um, but if you haven't seen it, I mean, we just spoiled the whole fucking thing. Yeah, it's okay. But, uh, yeah, give it, I, I would, I wouldn't necessarily not recommend this film. I would, you know, I would, you know, I would, uh, preface it by saying, uh, I didn't love it, but yeah, I would people out there that would like it that do like it. Mm hmm. Uh, so, uh, what score would you give it? I think it, be, it, you know, the Rotten Tomato score was about a 56, and that's pretty much right on the money, I think. I, w- I would say around yeah. there. So 65. No, 60 is, so 60, anything over 60 in Rotten Tomatoes. Although, honestly, any film on Rotten Tomatoes that has a 60, probably, usually not a great film. Yeah. I'm not saying folks, critics always get it right. Yeah. They often, not often, but when they get it wrong, it's usually when they give shitty films good reviews. But usually when a film has bad reviews, the critics are right more often than not. Um, yeah. So 56%, I think they got it right. It sounds, I think it's about right. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I, I think it's a little worse than good. Yeah. But it's worth watching, if that makes any sense. Yeah. I think 56 pretty much yeah. covers that. All right. Um, okay. Well, let's go to the Oscars then. Oh, boy. So... Well, remember uh, what uh, what was it? The last episode where we said uh, the power of the dog is the favorite. Yeah, has that changed now? Oh has yeah, the that odds changed. That has changed. Well, I don't know. Uh, I have here like for like a pool thing if, uh, to discuss. If you can look up the odds, we'll do both of yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. It has changed because uh, in the last three weeks, this has happened. John, okay. uh, SAG has given the ensemble award to Coda. Uh, Saturday, the Producers Guild of America gave their award to Coda. Oh, boy. And the Writers Guild of America on Sunday, what do you think they gave their adapted screenplay award to? They gave it to Coda. Oh, they gave it to Coda. Coda has three Academy Award nominations, and it's probably the favorite to win now. Wow. It's probably going to win all three. And it's, uh, I, I think it would, that would tie Spotlight 
for the um like Spotlight I think is tied with the greatest show on earth for the least amount of Oscar wins to win best picture. If Coda wins uh-huh. all of them, it would be tied with that. But Spotlight had like a bunch of award nominations other than that. Right. Spot uh Coda only has 3. So Coda might be the first film to uh first all deaf <sighs> movie to win best picture they want to make history maybe it would be the first streaming and they're trying to say it's the first streaming they had to be in theaters though yeah i know but it's from apple right okay so it would be considered the first streaming platform to win best picture um it's the little movie that could they have the one of the most wealthiest companies in the world uh backing them up significantly what, what is, is it fox searchlight no it's apple oh it's apple you just said it's that. apple yeah, no. This is an Apple movie, yeah, independent movie. My they're trying to make it. Yeah, they're trying to make it seem like it's fucking Thomas Toy Engine is winning <laughs> this shit. And it's it's really fucking annoying. Um. So yeah, that that is your favorite at the moment. Uh, I mean, how do you want to how do you want to do this? Okay. Well, well, let's talk about the the Vegas odds. I've just looked up Corner Vegas Insider. Yeah. Power of the Dog still the betting favorite at 155, but Coda is all the way up to 130, plus 130. I'm taking Coda. Uh, so Power of the Dogs, and it, they act, for comparison, they had the 2020 odds. Yeah. 1917 had the best odds versus Parasite, Parasite, which was a little worse. Yeah. But frankly, I I watched most of the films that year, and I, I just knew Parasite was going to win everything. Really? Um, yeah, because I just knew that's where, you know, they... They were going uh, socially and, you know, politically. Yeah. Uh, it's a better and, movie than 1917 then. No. Yes, I have to yeah. say. No, no. It's a good film. I'm just saying. It's like, a lot better. You know, it, it, 1917, I tried. I didn't think I, it was a great. I gave it a couple of times. I didn't it's, think it was a great year. Yeah. Yeah. But I just knew it was going to win everything. Um, <laughs> and here's the thing, though. Yeah. It's it's a two-horse race because Power of the Dogs, minus, according to the odds, yeah. Power of the Dogs minus 155, Coda's plus 130. The next closest Belfast. is Belfast at plus 1400. Yeah, After no. that, it's West Side Story and King Richard are plus 3300. So, it's between Coda and Power of the Dog. Yeah, Coda's going to win this. It's coming on. Now, you no. haven't seen Coda yet though. No, and we haven't decided a movie for next week and I'm starting to think it's going to be Coda. Okay. I did I there are a lot of movies that we want to review just so we can like shit on them. Yeah, but Coda is a good idea. Yeah, I think it's going to be Coda before we go into the entertaining part of our podcast. Schedule. Okay, well, well, Jane Campion is clearly going to win. Best She's winning. Director. She's winning big time. Um, Will Smith's winning big time. Troy Cust- Coster of Coda. He's winning. Is winning for best supporting. Ariana DeBoss is winning. Uh, best actress is really the only thing that's open, and it's very open. There, Jessica Chastain is a uh, light favorite, but it wouldn't surprise me if any five of those women won. Do you know? So, best actress this year, none of the five best actress nominees for the Academy Awards match up with the BAFTA, with the BAFTA nominees. Really? Yeah. None of the five. None. Who was nominated for the BAFTAs? Uh, Elena Haim for Licorice Licorice, Licorice Pizza. Pizza. Uh, Ziegler for West Side Story, you know stuff like that. Wow. Well, Nicole yeah. Kidman's already won. She's not going to win for being the Ricardos. <laughs> Olivia Coleman's already won twice. No, no, she just won once. once for the favorite. For the favorite, I thought she had another. Uh, she won another time. No, no. no. Uh, they're not going to give it to Kristen Stewart. 
and Penelope Cruz has also already won. But Penel- yeah, but Penelope Cruz she's won a supporting won. actress. Yeah, she's never won best lead. Yeah. Uh, I think just – see, here's the thing, though. Uh, so Jessica Chastain is very well-liked in the industry. Uh, yeah, that, that was my thought, too. She's Hollywood loves her. She's very well-liked. She is a very – she's an excellent actress. Um, yeah, she's great. You know, you always hear how professional, professional and nice, you know, she's like the anti-Angelina Jolie. Right. Um, so a lot of people think that's she's going to win because, you know, that she's worked with almost everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, honestly, though, I, I would, if I was a betting, what are the odds? Best, uh, best lead? Actress? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in a, Chastain in a, is minus 200. And the next... Yeah. Best is Nicole Kimmon at plus 350, which tells me Chastain's going to win. Well, that's only because she won SAG. She hasn't really won anything else. What's Olivia Coleman? Plus 700. I'd throw some shekels on that. Yeah? You think she'll win another? Well, favorite was best supporting. So. I would I would hedge my bet. Yeah. I would, you know, put money on Chastain because she's the favorite. Now, in an Oscar pool, which is different, I'm picking Jessica Chastain. But if I'm betting... Right. Right, you know, just a one category. I'll put some money on Chastain, and I would put some money on Coleman. Kieran Hines got nominated for Belfast. I like. I'm a big fan of him. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, when we go into like the best picture, I'll talk about the the movies, at least from my perspective. J.K. Simmons, Jesse Plemons, Cody Smith McPhee. By the way, I'm glad Jesse Plemons got nominated, and uh, he's I I'm a fan. Yeah, because Jesse Plemons has become kind of like our John Turturro or like our Harry Dean Stanton, where like you know either the movie's going to be good because he's in it, or you know he's going to be good in it. The guy, I mean, the guy's body work is stupid. Have you seen? Have you seen Judas and the Black Messiah? I haven't watched that yet. No, I think that was the movie that should have won Best Picture last year. I've only he's excellent single, in it. Every, every that movie's person, excellent. I want. I I'm actually shocked I haven't seen it yet. That's a movie where everybody's recommended to me. Everyone that movie is it, it. great. It's a great movie. Um, and I love all the actors in that film. I think they're all great actors. I think s- screenplay is either between Brana or Anderson. So I, I think they're going to give. I think they're going to give it to Brana. Uh, that would be my bet. I don't think Hollywood loves P.T. Anderson so much, to be honest, because he's criticized them before. Um, and their odds oh, are right. Oh no! Right in line with each other. I know. Licorice <laughs> Pizza is. That's why they hate. They hate David Fincher for the same reason. Yeah, they I don't fucking, give a fuck. They, they make good gave movies. It a King Speech over Social Network. Come oh, on. my mom loves the King Speech. It's and a I good t- film. And I tell her she's an. I tell Listen, her she's an cool. idiot. That it's. It's not a, nowhere. It's nowhere near as good as the Social Network. Not even close. Social Network is a is it's a top a film of five movie artistic of the twenty two last twenty two years. It's gonna when people look back on films of the twenty first century, you know, the Social Network, there will be blood. No country for old men are gonna be at the top of that list. They're all up there, correct? What? How many years? Twenty. It's been twenty two years, right? Since Social Network came out? No, no. Social Network. No, no. Uh, Social Network came out with two thousand nine. It was it was 2010 because no country. Oh, maybe you're right. No country was 2008, and so was there will be blood. Oh, well, it's, it's, it I came out in 2007. They came out in 2007. Oh, you're right. The and ceremony was in 2007. And the ceremony was 2008. Yeah. See, maybe you're right. Um, so they're neck and neck for best original screenplay. Licorice is plus 100. Belfast is plus 130. Yeah. I think uh, they're going to give it to Bronner because Bronner's never won anything. 
Yeah, so that would be my guess too. I would vote on Brana. Yeah, best adapted screenplay. I would I would have gone with Power of the Dog until Sunday. Coda winning. Coda's at minus one sixty five. Power of the Dog is at plus one forty. Yeah, I'm picking Coda. I think Coda's winning this, and that's I have not heard one great thing about Coda. So everyone's like, it's okay. I every it everyone dances around. The, this code is going to wind up probably going down, and I haven't seen it, and I know I'm unfairly saying things right now, but just based off what a lot of people are saying that I respect, this movie's going to go down as like one of the worst Best Picture winners. Well, either case, they'll go down as one of the worst Best Picture winners because it's this or Power of the Dog. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. My, you know it's bullshit too because <laughs> I've fucking seen Dune. Dune yeah. is... A great film. Dune's going to win a lot of the Below the Line awards. Yeah. Costume design, cinematography looks like... Uh, costume design I might lose, but cinematography for sure looks like... I think it's going to win editing. Best production design looks like it's going to win for sure. It's going to win musical score. Yeah. But, like, Dune is going to be remembered. That, that That's that's a great film. It's it's going to be remembered as a very good... As a great sci-fi film, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, we're going to remember that movie in 20 years. Uh well, and part of that's the property because Dune is, you know, the most lauded sci-fi novel there, ever. But Power of the Dog, no one's going to give a shit about this movie. I mean, no one cares now, but no one's going to give a shit about this movie in, in a year. The people are going to forget it existed. Yeah. Yeah. I. That's correct. <laughs> it's going to be Green Book. And so yeah. is Coda. Both those movies are it, Driving Miss Daisy. Yeah. You know? Although I gotta say, I don't know if that's. Uh, it's probably not even as good as Driving Miss Daisy. Uh, I mean, I I enjoyed Green Book more than Power of the Dog. It was at least an enter- entertaining film. I mean, it's fucking cliche and conventional, yeah. and you know, it's that feel good. And story it, the that problem is that it's, it's nowhere as near as good as the movies it was up against. Absolutely not. That's that's the problem with Green Book, and that's the problem with a lot of these movies. The Academy has a very. Uh, they went. They used to go for like the big popcorn movies that really weren't all that good, and now they've gone completely the other way, and they've gone with the uh, critical darlings that really aren't that good. Right. And Green Green Book is like that movie that straddles both of those lines. <laughs> yeah. But, well, the thing is though, they're trying to Hollywood now because of social media and because they have a lot of competition outside of outside media. Yeah. beyond the film world they're trying to show that they're in touch it's almost like a a, a sort of uh populist thing they're doing do you know what i mean oh the, the coda is the populist movie well, well i know but, how many people watch that not a lot no no no. but that's that's my point though it's like <laughs> we are we support the downtrodden we support the disabled we support okay that's great you know what i mean Here, uh, and here's why this which is, is fine we sh- you should support those things but ultimately this is why if this the film is doesn't deserve it. It, it, it becomes it, it's patronizing. It probably won't. Uh, again, I'm, I feel bad that I'm already judging this movie. But like, when you watch Drive My Car, there is a person who signs in it, and it doesn't come across as a gimmick. And you, this is a fully formed character. I'm not saying the people in Coda aren't, but like, this is a character that earns everything. And we believe this person, and we believe that this that this uh, character actually fits the story, right? Rather than being, oh, let's get all deaf people in a movie. You think that's gimmicky? I think Code is a gimmick. Yeah, especially like, well, I did you see Sound of Metal? 
No, I haven't seen it. See, I love Sound of Metal. I thought it was great. Riz Ahmed was great in it. And it's the same kind of stuff. It's about a guy who loses his heavy metal drummer drummer who loses his hearing. hearing. So it's not like I'm ableist, you know. Like, it's still, you still see, like, the problems that those people go through. And it's not only Riz Ahmed, uh, the guy who plays against him, uh, he was nominated for Best Supporting Actor last year. And he was excellent. Mm Mm-hmm. It just, I feel like watching Coda is just, it's like one of those. Yeah, but I, I also, I, I would feel bad. I do feel bad saying that because, uh, you know, deaf people can make movies too. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course they can. So like, I guess my being playing devil's advocate, cause I, I see your point and I, I, there's a part of me that agrees with you. The other side, it's like, well, we want, they don't to want make, to give it bad reviews. Want, yes, that is absolutely true. But I'm just saying, in terms of the movie itself being a gimmick, you know, it could everyone come is from an earnest deaf. place where it's like, we want to make a deaf film, and we want, if we're going to make a film about deaf people, I want deaf people to actually play the deaf people. That I agree with I that. I think that's fine. I just don't, I just think it's kind of a pandering thing. Well, the critics are certainly pandering, and they do this all the time. There are plenty of movies where they just trying to think of some off the top of my no, head I, if, although if, any movie i think of is going to get no, me I, in trouble but uh i feel like if you're if you're deaf like, like i want real deaf people to get those jobs yeah i yes, i just I don't agree. i just don't feel like i need a whole movie of deaf people oh you're saying that's the gimmick where it's yeah everyone just just yeah everyone being deaf and yeah but I, it takes place in like a deaf community doesn't it yes so I mean, it makes sense uh, i think we have you're being nice film. you're making it's me look bad right now <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, complete, I'm completely playing devil's advocate because I, my instincts are to agree with you. And I think ultimately we can absolutely see the film and there's a good chance. Not a good, it, I won't say good or bad chance, but there's a, certainly a chance I'll come away and being like, you were right. This shit was it, It's just, yeah. It, it's just like there's people that I listen to like other podcasts, I, you know, and other things. And they all like say the very, they say all the same things. They want to say this is like a whatever movie, but they don't want to say it because they don't want to get in trouble. Not or they just don't want to be mean to deaf people. Yeah, it could be both. It could be it coming could be from a true. instead of a selfish I could way. I be doing that right now. Like, yeah, I don't, it, I don't want instead to be of being like people. I'm looking out for myself and like I don't want to get like canceled or whatever, uh, or get yelled at online. They could be just being like I I just don't want to say a, a, this movie's bad because yeah, it's it's not uh, worth it. It's not yeah. worth the trouble. Yeah. Uh, I just have a problem with people saying this is the little movie that could. Right. It's just not. Yeah, like it oh, really is wow, not this independent film that came up. It's you know like Slumdog Millionaire or whatever. That's or a little movie that could, and even yeah. then, that had a backing of a of a major uh, studio. It was studio just independent division. Yeah. Right. Um. So let's go just I guess line by line. Uh, the worst part of these Oscars is that the best movie of the year was not nominated for best picture. And that was the tragedy of Macbeth, which mm-hmm. was from Apple. So Apple could have done both of these movies. Yeah. Hollywood doesn't care about Shakespeare. Apparently it's the best movie. It's nominated for only, I think three awards. Mm-hmm. I think it's nominated for production design, cinematography and best actor. Uh, in a just world, Denzel Washington would win, but we don't live in a just world. No. Remember when I told you, uh, years ago that Will Smith's going to win his Oscar when he plays a bad guy. Like, training day? Yeah. Yeah, I'm so wrong. 
Yeah, no, he's playing he's, God. a fatherly hero. I didn't see King Richard. Oh, the movie sucks. Yeah. It's not good. It's not great. And he's not good in it. His lisp is terrible. It's a terrible movie. I hate King Richard. I really do, and I hate. I hate. Smith, honestly, and I, I hate that it's titled King Richard. Growing up, but I haven't seen him pull in a good performance in a long time. It's a terrible movie, and Sorry. it's not a good. Sorry, Will. It's not good. Anyway, uh, that was the best movie that came out this last year was the tragedy of Macbeth. But um, we could talk about the other movies. Just you know, even though this is a snarky podcast, we you know do want to have like intelligent conversations about the movies. Uh, we talked about Power of the Dog in a review. Mm. Uh, I thought it's it's hard. I have kind of in a jumbled mess the second, third, and fourth movies. In my opinion, I have Drive My Car, Licorice Pizza, and Belfast. I think Belfast is four, and the other two I have to watch a couple more times. Yeah. Uh, I found Drive My Car to be the most personally affecting movie since la la land for me mm-hmm. like it really uh uh touched me in a lot of ways uh it's a great movie uh so it's three hours it's three hours the first 47 minutes are a prologue to the other two hours yeah. so it's essentially like two companion movies so it's like watching a short film as a companion piece to another film it's really not one and large that's on film. purpose. Yeah, okay. the the first forty seven min seven minutes are meant are, are a clear separation, and they're meant to inform us of what the ma- majority of the rest of the movie is. And you know, it's a it's a movie about like the power of language, and also its limitations. It's uh, about uh, because what it's about is a guy uh, is putting on a play, and uh, it's Uncle Vanya. And each character uh, says the play in different languages. So, like, say, oh, interesting. Okay. so you, one person's doing it in Korean, one person's doing English, Mandarin, Japanese, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's when the signing person comes in. Mm-hmm. So she signs her dialogue, and it's just about like uh, uh, memories and like letting go of loved ones, and uh, how we have a blind spot for our loved ones. It's a, it's a movie about that. It's really good. Uh, Licorice Pizza. Which I'm dying to see. Uh, what's great about that is that it's uh, completely different from P.T. Anderson's other movies, and yet the same. So P.T. Anderson likes to write and direct. He makes movies about obsessive male characters. They are obsessive. Yeah. They are uh, assholes. So Gary Valentine, who's... Uh, Phil, uh, that's the name of the character. It's Philip Seymour Hoffman's son who plays him. His name is Gary Valentine in the movie. He is a sharpshooter. He is slicker than come on a gold tooth. He is immature. That is a gross, gross metaphor. <laughs> I was not prepared for that. Well, I'm coming at coming at you hot. Yeah, that's vivid. Okay. He is um, vindictive. Uh, he's all the things that P.T. Anderson writes about. But the difference is this is actually a positive character at the end. And you know why? Okay. Don't spoil it. No, no. I'm, uh, it's be- No, because it's a love story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's because he loves uh, Alana Haim, Alana Haim's character. Right. And so 
even though he's all these things, he's an obsessive pure, jerk. There's a, a purity to his intentions. The one pure thing in his life that you see throughout this movie is that he loves her. Right. Is it a little weird that she's supposed to be 25 and he's supposed to be 15? Yeah, but that's part of the that's like baked into the cake, though. Correct. Yeah, and it's also it's also not as weird as like something with Lolita because like, unfortunately, our society kind of accepts the guy girl, the girl being older and the guy being younger. Correct. Yeah, that's true. It's kind of like that Bill Maher joke when he talks about like the Florida teachers fucking like the high school guys. Oh yeah, and he's, it, it, and he's like, yeah, like. Uh, I don't find myself being sexually abused if that's happening. Right. There's yeah. a lot of people who view it that way. So, like, if, you know, it, it, it's weird because I when I text when I got in touch with you about Gigi and was saying how weird that is, and the movie is weird. Mm-hmm. It's really no difference from Licorice Pizza. Only it's uh, switching of the sexes. Anyway, it's a great movie. I recommend it to everybody. Um, then you have Belfast. Wonderful movie. I heard it's a great film. Wonder and you know, as an Irish person, you know, I, I, I love that movie. I don't want to talk about that too much. Uh it's it's a coming of age story about the troubles. Mm-hmm. You know, really don't have to go much else into it. But yeah, it's well yeah. made. And then there's West Side Story. Have you seen West Side Story? No. All right. Well, I'll close with this, I see, guess. Those that... three films I want to see. West Side, I'm just not a big musical Okay, guy. West Side Story is excellent. The problem, though, is that I don't know why it's made. Because the mm-hmm. original West Side Story is a classic of American cinema. Like, yeah. if you go to the Museum of Moving Image, it's, you know, they have a whole thing about West Side Story and its editing and all that stuff. Right. Um, the only reason I can think about him doing it is because it's a very personal movie. So there's, like, Three reasons is he's always wanted to make a steep Spielberg always wanted to make a musical. So like you ever, you ever seen Indiana Jones and the temple of doom? Yeah. How it starts off with like that gold diggers of 33 scene. With yeah, his, yeah. Yeah. He's been wanting to do something like this forever. B West side story was the first piece of popular musical out in his house. Oh, he said that. Yeah. So he's grown up with so it. He's got a personal something about it. it. And I think Spielberg is in that point of his life where he's reflecting a lot on his life because his next movie is called Meet the Futtermans, and it's about a middle-class family in Arizona. It's him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so he's going more personal. He's, he, yeah, he's going into that part of his life where he's doing this stuff. And then you know, while he was making this movie, his father passed. His father lived to be oh. 103. Um, and I think he was also making commentaries about today right? and how things really haven't changed. The point, but the problem is, I just don't find this movie to be necessary, as excellent as it is, because it's like. And what do you mean when it, you say it's not necessary? Okay, like it shouldn't exist. I don't see the point in it. It but doesn't if it's a great film. Why did because it doesn't it better exist? the original, and it's not really that much different. So it's like I'll give you two examples, right? Mm-hmm. So remember we talked about Greta Gerwig's Little Women. That's the yeah. fourth iteration of that of that movie and from a book yeah but it's done so much differently there's a lot of different things that were put in it and shot differently right. like she has her own ideas there's a lot going on story yeah, exactly that it's like i she has a new story to tell it, about this story yes she there's a it's way different and it's pulled off and it's done well this comes across and it's way better don't get me wrong 
but it comes across as like Lady Gaga and, and Bradley Cooper's A Star Is Born. That was wow. the fourth version of that. We didn't need to make A Star Is Born after 1954 after Judy Garland's. Right. You're never going to better that. That movie's a masterpiece. You're not going to better that. It's a masterpiece for many reasons. And it, I just kind of, it, like I said, West Side Story's a lot better than A Star Is Born. A Star Is Born's not good. But like it's the it's same. Okay. It's the same thing thing though yeah we're yeah. not change we're not doing Same anything movie. different with this story really so what's the point of doing this right. other than it's a personal connection to spielberg and we'll update it with flashier yeah it's, i mean it's a well made i mean it's a miraculous movie don't yeah. get me wrong it's it's spielberg right he's not fucking this up it's a great movie uh but yeah i guess those that's would be my little reviews for those movies. Okay. Anything else? No, that's about oh, it. I other mean, than Coda's winning and we're... <laughs> I feel disgusted well, about this. Well, I think now we have to make Coda the next uh, movie to watch. See if we're wrong or right. When are we going to start making fun movies again, John? I don't know. <laughs> It'll be after Coda. Because we're not going to be able to make fun of this movie. Oh, if I don't like Coda, I'm making fun of it. Okay, cool. So I hope we don't like it. <laughs> I hope I like it and you don't, so I don't have to be a liar and really watch what I say. Because I'm like, it's not fucking worth it. I'm gonna let no, him. I, I'm gonna I, let you take the heat. No, no, yeah, I'm gonna make fun of it too if I don't like it. All Sorry, right, I will. Um, so this was the Flicky Podcast. Um, we should be up with this episode. I don't know if we'll be on Spotify and Apple yet. We'll put our shit everywhere. We'll, we'll put it everywhere. If it is on Apple funny. and Spotify, um, give us, uh, what, five stars? Five stars. Subscribe. Like subscribe. There we go. All that stuff. Um, we do have an email. It's called flickypodcast.gmail.com. So if you have a suggestion or a comment. Or a criticism. Or a criticism of us. Or a joke. Anything. You want to make fun of us. Yeah. I, I don't give a shit. To... Just send it. We'll so probably I'll read it. it. With, I'll share it with the family and friends. Exactly. Um, and that's it. Anything else? No, that's everything. Enjoy the Oscars. Good luck with your Oscar pools. I mean, well, you're going to hear this after the Oscars, so I hope you did well in your Oscar pools. No, no, I think... No, no, no. I'm going to try to get this up on Saturday. Yeah, but not everybody's going to listen to it. That's true. Pre-Oscars. Yeah, you're right. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're right. So, for a uh, few people that are listening, <laughs> until next time. <laughs> Bye.